Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Hey guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde, and boy, do we have a special guest today in Jeff Booth. I'm so, so pumped to have you here, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, before we get started, the guys, the format, the format of the show is quite simple. Uh, we are The Greatness Machine, and we're all about bringing, bringing people who are living their passions to create greatness in the world, and Jeff is neither short of nor passion nor greatness. So we have a lot of cool things we're going to be talking about, and I'll get into his bio in just a second. But before we go there, Couple of things about live streaming. We are live, uh, start a watch party, ask us questions. And I have my team on standby. They're gonna be shooting messages over to us as you ask them. Um, last but not least, um, you know, be inquisitive. Uh, the whole purpose of doing live streaming is so that we have experts who are really working on some cool things and giving access to you all so that you can ask those questions. Uh, but like I said, we have a very special guest. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we first started really ramping up the, the greatness machine, uh, an old forum mate of mine, Stephen Jagger, was on, and and when we were off at the end of the show, we were talking about the state of the world, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you got to meet my co-founder, Jeff," and he just wrote this book, and because I my book's coming out in three weeks, and he's like, "You got to talk to him," and, and it was really more about just the fact that you wrote a book, uh, and then I went and saw what the book was about, and I was like, "Uh." yeah it's great that you wrote a book man but like i actually want to talk about the book that you wrote not about the process of writing the book so if you don't mind i, I write a little bit of my own um bios do you mind if i kind of do do my thing yeah you go yeah so i always start it's funny as entrepreneurs we it'll, we'll start off with like our achievements like done this great business i'm an entrepreneur and, but i read through yours and i was like man the biggest thing you did is you're a proud family man and I thought that was really cool. And that's, so I always start with that. In my, in my forums, I used to do like business high, business low, personal high, personal low, family high, family low. I stopped that. Now I do family high, family low first because I think what we say and what we say matters. So proud family man, zero entrepreneur. And we're talking like, like in, in the highest ways possible, like the businesses you've built are incredible. Um, founder, strategic advisor, and tech leader. Jeff is also author of the new book, The Price of Tomorrow, why deflation is the key to an abundant future. So we're going to be talking about the book because I am super intrigued by, by this. Uh, and 
I got the pleasure of hearing you on another show talk about this. And I was like, oh, I, got, I got to meet this guy. Like, this is, this is really, really, really pertinent. And it's really important. And with what's going on in the world right now, the world needs to hear more about this. So thank you for being on the show, Jeff. This is awesome. Yeah. Thanks. By, by the way, just as you, what you started with, Proud Family Man, or how we show up in the world, uh, and, and you know this from EO or YPO, you go through a lot of this and self-learning to be able to get deeper and kind of the things that really matter. Funny enough that the book is actually all an, all an outreach uh, outcome of that. So where you start, what's, what's important in your life um, uh, really matters. So anyways, I, it, it's interesting that you started with that. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's taken me a long time to learn it, you know? I mean, even my actions right now, like launching the book, like I'm living in my office, like, and, and I'm not proud of that, but I, but I squeeze in the time with the family because I know it's important. And, and um, I appreciate you saying that as well. So I, I like connecting on that level. Let's talk about the book though. And, and well, before we go to the book, you know, many of the audience are gonna know who you are because you're, you're a very successful entrepreneur. Um, you built an iconic businesses. And, and so would you mind giving a little bit of background for those that maybe don't know who you are, what, you, what, what your background professionally even personally, if you want to add that and, and just kind of frame the conversation with that, and then we can jump into the book. Um, many people would know me from starting Build Direct, um, and Build Direct grew to over half a billion dollars uh, in market cap, um, and, and, and had a chance to become the Amazon of building supplies. It was, uh, it was doubling every year in sales. We took... Uh, <clears throat> What we realized in that business um, is it couldn't do it under the old format, and I had to break it. So uh, I had to break it and then re uh, uh, come out the other side. That business, uh, once you have shareholders in a business and everything else, that's really hard to do. It's easy to pivot a business at $10 million in sales, $20 million in sales. It's very difficult to pivot a business completely when you have 350 people and, and, and you're doing material, material revenues. Um, so, so that did not end well. Um, it's still going and everything else, but it doesn't look like the same, the same company, but the learning across that adventure, um, uh, was probably more instrumental than anything else. Myself learning what happened to me, what, uh, cause you have to change as a CEO, that whole, you're a startup in your living room. Um, and then you, you take the entire path. So a company like that, and you learn a lot, the world's moving, you're moving, your team's moving. Um, and, and so, so it just, the whole adventure was extraordinary. Um, yeah, I loved it. And, and that same thing has just played kind of throughout my life in that business. The only reason I got into that business is I was frustrated. I was a builder before that. Right. And I was frustrated because I couldn't deliver a home on time for the, uh, for the customer because, uh, because the flooring didn't arrive on time. And so I had to put the customer up in a, a, a hotel in the furniture and storage. And I was mad. And I said, it shouldn't look like this. And, and said, uh, I'm, I'm going to recreate it different. So it just, I've always been an entrepreneur seeing patterns. Why does this exist this way? Questioning deeper, deeper questions. Why does this exist this way? And it shouldn't. And then, um, and then trying to fix that problem. That's what an entrepreneur does. Right. So, so you had the experience and, and, like I said before the show, I said, I went and looked you up after, Jeff, after excuse me, after Stephen um, made the introduction. And, um, and he, did, he didn't, either he said the name of your company or he, or I look, when I looked at you up, I saw the name and I'm like, 
that sounds so familiar to me. Uh, you know, I'm not in the, I'm in mortgage, I was in mortgage servicing and mortgage origination, which is, you know, that's, it's like a cousin of the, the builder business and the fact that we're doing the financing side of it. But, but uh, there would be no real, you know, I was never really doing a lot of business direct with any type of your, with your, your company. But when I said that name sounds so familiar and I realized it's like, wow, there's a whole case study on you guys in a book that I've read 10 times. Uh, Vern Harnish's um, Mastering Rock Building Habits, I believe in scaling up. And so I saw that and I was like, Oh, like that name sounds so familiar. I'm like, now I know why I've read, I've read the name. You know, you're, that's a really important book. Uh, I was scaling up company. I know you were a scaling up company and um, my book is actually born. My book, the core value equation is born out of scaling up. I don't know. If, so that's, that's where this whole, this is me taking kind of having frustration around the, this thing as an entrepreneur around how do you take this asset of core values and, and make it come to life. So you did this great thing in business. You, you have the, the heart and mind of an entrepreneur and, 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 and now you're in this new mountain, you know, and you're climbing the new mountain and this book, where was this book born out of in that? Because obviously the building business is very different than having a really big and thoughtful hypothesis around something that goes counter to probably every central bank in the world's ideology on what needs to happen. And most people's ideology. Right. right. So, so at first, and again, and an entrepreneur mindset is kind of looking at what's broken um, and saying and going trying to get to first principles on and, and then constructing a way forward right that's that's really what an entrepreneur does um, and I wasn't as much a building entrepreneur as I was an entrepreneur a technology entrepreneur and so if you if you understand what's happening in technology and, and today I think I I'm co-founder of six different companies uh, uh, and and chairman of many different companies so boards of lots of different companies boards of lots of different companies and 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 at the front seat of technology so build direct to the front seat of technology i'm in all of the conversations with google amazon all of the early on to see what they became right and and all the the so why did they uh, look why do they look like that what happened and everything else so um, I still read 50 books a year. I'm constantly inquisitive, curious about what's happening in the world. And what I saw, um, including all my companies, is <clears throat> technology is a crazy powerful force. Um, and it's moving faster and faster and faster. Right. But, but technology, what is the point of technology? Right? There is not one technology founder that says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create more jobs globally with technology you use technology to uh to increase efficiency right there um and so that means technology is deflationary right it makes things cost less because you lose you remove the labor component so i'm sitting on top of all these companies watching this happen super excited for the companies and the value that i'm bringing to the world right and the and the, and the companies that i'm involved in and I, I want to clarify something. There is not one technology founder that I coach, help, uh, board member of that doesn't really care about making the world a better place, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't join those companies if they didn't. They actually care about making the world a better place and they're using technology to make things better for people. Right. <clears throat> but if you if you say what's happening in technology, that means all of those people, prices are wanting to come down radically right. because right. technology 
Technology is deflationary, that's a fact. And it's moving into every single industry. And so what that means is prices should be coming down everywhere, right? Right. And, and not only is technology deflationary, it's exponentially deflationary, right? So, so it doubles and it doubles and it doubles again. So, and I'm going to get into that in a second, but, uh, but, but that technology is deflationary. It's moving into every industry. It means prices of everything should be coming down lower and lower and lower. Okay. And, and, and that's it personally, you would say, wow, that's not a bad thing, right? Because if prices right. fell, your, uh, your iPhone today gives you tons of free stuff, cameras, everything else, uh, search, everything else. It's a personal assistant and the price keeps and the price keeps falling. Right. And so all of that stuff becomes free, but it's up against a world that we constructed or central banks constructed <clears throat> that is an inflationary policy. And that inflationary policy is trying to drive prices up at the same time they're coming down. But what that is doing is it's concentrating wealth into the asset owners and the technology monopolies at a faster rate because it, there's no money printing in the world that is going to stop technology defla technological deflation in the end. So all of the second things we talk about, third things we talk about, the division in society is actually... Um, because of this problem. And so okay. when you hear Trump, when you hear Biden, when you hear all of these things, they're sitting on top of a broken system that will not work anymore. And on one side, so you either have socialism for the rich, which essentially all of this money printing that's happening, right? And, and what that money printing is designed to do is stop prices from falling because if prices fell, banks would collapse, we would go into a depression and everything else. So, so now there's so much debt in the world, so much printing in the world that it just keeps on doubling and doubling. And it's doubling at the same rate as the technology is trying to drive things lower, lower and lower in price. So, and, and I wrote the book because I looked at my children um, and the next generation coming, uh, coming up and saying, they won't live in the same world as far as opportunities and everything else. The world will look very divided, will look very different in, in, in their lifetimes because of what we're talking about. And nobody was putting their finger on it. Nobody was connecting the dots. You had these, uh, these silos. So, so I didn't want to write a book. I didn't need to write a book. So, <laughs> um, I wrote the book because of, uh, because of that, because uh, ultimately um, your impact in the world matters. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. 
But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. So if you have, and I could agree with you more, but my, my question for you, and this is where I, you know, I think intuit, I, I'm, I'm, I've always been like a very good numbers person, but just numbers are intuitive for me. And so I, I've kind of gotten, I think I, when I heard you make the statement you made in another talk you did, it, I was like, oh, bingo, that's it. Like, this is this is what I've been feeling, right? My, my, my gut, I always say, I call it my jelly bean jar. My gut can guess the number of jelly beans in a jelly bean jar, like really easily. So I'm like, oh, my gut's talking to me. That's what, the, that's what I'm seeing. This doesn't make sense. Why do we keep having, ask, I mean, I get that we have cheaper money and people are fighting for a yield. And so they're buying more assets and they're paying up. And then they're, you know, the cheaper money gets a better yield. And, you know, this is all about returns on investment to pay pension funds and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But at the same time, to your point, and we can talk about it in a second, when we go into Moore's law, this doubling the speed of technology, and and I heard, and I, I love the analogy, or the maybe the it's a fact, not even an analogy around what this looks like from a distance to the perspective. But you want me to go into that? Yeah, go into that because I have a really big question that has been eating at me since I saw your talk. So okay. do you so, mind talking about why so those, about what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah so so all of the things right now that are happening are predicted in my book, right? The next steps are all predicted as well. Um, my own portfolio has done extraordinary in, into this because, uh, because of what I wrote about in, um, in, in the book. I don't say that as, as I'm proud of it. I, I don't want what's happening to happen, but I, but I can also realize it's going to no matter what I do. So, um, so we should talk about potential solutions afterwards, but let's first talk about what I just said. 
So Moore's law is an exponential pattern. Um, and I've talked about this on stage, tens of thousands of people all over the world. Um, and I use a piece of paper to demonstrate. And I fold the piece of paper once, I fold the piece of paper twice, I fold the piece of paper on itself three times and I keep going and I fold about five times. And at that time, the piece of paper is about this, this thick. Then I ask the audience to, to what, how thick would the piece of paper be at 50 folds? And over 90% of the people guess that, right? And, and very few times you get to the roof and, and even fewer times you get to the moon. Well, that piece of paper would reach to the sun. Um, and it blows people's minds. And I know a whole bunch of people on your live stream are currently going to Google to check that fact. It's true. Um, and it, it'll, go to, uh, it'll go to the sun. But what it says, and, and if everybody got the answer, or 50% of people who got the answer, it would say, um, oh, we understand exponential patterns, no problem, right? So we were likely to see what an exponential pattern and, and make the right choices. But because nobody gets that, unless you've heard it before, what it says is we're very bad at exponential patterns. We're terrible at it. Humanity is terrible. Not me, not you. Everybody that's listening now that will say, oh, now I know the parlor trick. I'm smart at it. But they'll miss the next one. Um, we're all bad at it. And that fact is Moore's law is an exponential pattern. We've had 33 doubles. So we're in the, we're in, and just like technology doesn't make a difference in the early folds, in the later folds, you take the steep steps, you take the big steps. So, so 33 folds is the equivalent of Boston to Detroit, right? 34 doubles the last 50 years of progress. 35 coming 36 months later, two, four years later, um, is going to, uh, is going to double that, that again. And so, so if you think you're not keeping up to, to what AI is doing today, what's where, where that is, it can impact self-driving cars, where it's going to impact all sorts of industries and do a jo better job. Think about what's going to happen going forward, right? And recognize you cannot get that exponential double in your head. Think about what that means for technology going forward. And, and it also means that if technology is wanting to deflate prices like this, the only way to keep them stable or going up is to print money at that rate. So now let's look at the facts against that equation, right? That equation. In the last 20 years, there has been a, an additional $185 trillion of, of debt being created to drive $46 trillion of economic return globally. 185. So, so today we now, before COVID, we had 250 trillion of debt, 185 trillion of it added over the last 20 years, mm -hmm. right? To, to uh, 250 trillion of debt to, uh, to drive an $80 trillion global economy. Now the global economy is far smaller and the global debt is way bigger than, uh, than, than that. But it's all predicted because if you have technology doing this to keep things, you're gonna have to exponentially increase the debt. And because you cannot, and, and it now go to the next step. If the debt is, uh, if the debt itself, if you just put debt on, you know this from a mortgage, bank, all you're doing is pulling demand forward. Right? right. So if the debt needs to be repaid, then the debt itself is disinflationary. 
because you're pulling future demand and that future demand has to be paid back in the future. So so taxes must go up, which slows down business growth and, 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 and drives more, more, more disinflation or deflation against what we've already talked about. So with that much debt in the world, will that debt ever be repaid? I mean, my, my feelings are is like, is you have to have a massive, like basically default. So, so, so the, the debts, yeah, that's exactly, but, but a default means, a, a, a default means a global depression, right? And, and all, the, all the debt holders get wiped out, but the debt holders are the banks and the governments. And, and so think, that looks like the 30s on steroids. So what the central bankers are trying to do, in a, they caught themselves in that, this by printing against a structural change. And they're trying to get out of it by printing more and printing more. And, that, and, and trying to get out of it is not going, it's not going to work. In fact, effectively, at some point, they're going to change the rules with MMT or something else. They're going to change the rules. Currencies are going to break. You're going to go into hyperinflation, right? And deflation on the other side. So, so, but all of those paths from where we are right now, and I, I, I don't like that. Those are factual. Doesn't make me celebrate them. Right? No, 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 no. They're scary. They're scary, right? Like scary. Like, uh, like it's uh, a lot uh, of anxiety uh, around those when you see uh, a stock. A lot of pain is coming to society, and not just one society, not you're in the US, I'm in Canada, not just one society, every, every country in the world is in a similar position, all manipulating their currencies to try to gain, gain a trade advantage. So, so you, 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 this, the, the future is unprecedented. So how do you, how do you, so I guess there's a couple things. How do you protect, I mean, against that? Because I, I look at that and I go, this is a runaway train. The only, like the only way I could see if you want to fix it, you'd have to tax you'd have to tax your way out of it temporarily. Which, to your point, no one's going to be the popular guy that says, "Hey, we got to raise our taxes on everyone that's making over X by eighty percent." I mean, they did that in the Great Depression, I think, um, or who was FDR did that, where they raised taxes like crazy against people that made a lot of money, right? So I looked at this. I pulled the American balance sheet up in, uh, a few years ago because I think I had some of these concerns. And I said, "Well, theoretically, you could just like every really wealthy." business because they're living these western businesses are living on the infrastructure of western countries right theoretically i could say it's 90 percent tax above x dollars we're just going to look start paying down our debt right i don't think they will do that because to your point there it'll be very unpopular so so let's go into that first and so so first what is inflation what is deflation inflation is only when the when um, goods and services go up relative to your money that's all, all, all it is. So when, when governments say they want an inflationary target, if, 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 if instead they said, we're trying to make your currency worthless, would it change your view on it infl- wanting inflation, right? Yeah, of course. So, so inflation, and then a derivative of that equation means some people win, some people lose. If you, have, if you borrow today uh, to pay back tomorrow, when the dollars are worth less and you borrow to buy a house you win right so the derivative of that that equation of that is some people win some people lose on the other side of the coin deflation 
price goods and services cost less in relation to your money, right? A derivative of that uh, is some people win, some people lose. If you're a saver, if you save money, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, it's worth more. You buy, you buy more. And, and over time, so, so now to compare those two things, you have a whole bunch of people, you're telling the, the government is telling people to save for a down payment, right? Save cash for a down payment for a house. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they're destroying the value of that cash, right? Right. <laughs> Making it harder for those people to ever get in. Right. Now we have 2008 or now, and the government comes in and says, or, or just a policy all over the world. You have essentially negative interest rates or negative real interest rates everywhere. Right. And, and so what does that do to corporations? What does that do to the entire world? What is, let's, use, let's use some of the airlines as examples, right? Um, would they save cash in that environment? The government has said, we're going to make your cash worthless, right? Yeah, if, you, if you save cash, we're going to penalize you, right? It, because another airline that buys back their stock, using that cash to buy the, back their stock, wins because of the rules you set up right so now, right so so now um in a competitive environment you've created the same thing you don't want to happen you have a whole bunch of um stress in this or a whole bunch of weakness in the system ever more weakness in the system and then one blip and the airline said i need cash because otherwise i have to lay off all my employees right and so what you do because of the same thing you created in the first place is you, you give them government money right? Um, and you enrich the same people who created the problem, right? Right. Against everybody else uh, 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 that's happening. So no wonder in this sort of environment, it's no wonder you have the, these camps where, where politics is dividing further and further and further. You have, uh, you, you have a rise in socialism Right. Against, uh, uh, because there's a whole bunch of people that are being it's it, the entire system doesn't work anymore right so you have this situation where to your point it's socialism for the rich where and i and i said this example with what just happened with COVID. i said they're kind of putting a rock in a hard place if they say nope that's free market enterprise you should have planned it for the pandemic too fucking bad right like, and you just let a bunch of, you know, well, if they do that, everyone goes out of business and you have probably a depression, right? If they don't do that, we have the problem we are talking about. And so you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you haven't incentivized, to your point, savers, and you're, you're only letting it be free market enterprise on the upside. Totally, totally. And so, so you have socialism for the rich. And then no wonder that a response would be socialism for the poor. By the way, both of those systems both that we're talking about, crony capitalism on one side um, and socialism on this other side will not work. No. Both, right? Been tested across history. Both won't work. They'll both, they'll, they'll both break. We'll go through revolution and war to, to see that, but both of those won't, uh, won't work. Whether you can manipulate an entire populace by, by getting them to believe they work. Um, and, and, and so both won't work. So when you say we're at our 34th, uh, or 33rd, we're the 33rd inning out of 50 innings. And every 18 months, another inning comes and goes, right? Is that- yeah, and remember, it's, it doesn't go to 50. It goes 51, 52, 50. <laughs> oh, my, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, but but just the big steps. The world is going to look so different by the time it gets to to forty. It's going to be it's going to look so crazy different that people can't even comprehend what this looks like. Well, and I I so I come from the business uh, government lending, right? This is I I did uh, I was the eleventh largest government lender in the United States for for uh, residential housing, um, and what I found was that and this and this might just be one example, but this is, I think, I think this is something where the government may try to go this direction, at least in the States, is there is, you can regulate to slow it down, right? So, so like we have, and the mortgage industry is a good example, right? Like mortgage industry, there's so much red tape and regulation that technologists can't invade that market because they just stop it. They just say, well, no, we won't, we won't adopt those technologies. And so you have literally people doing stuff like you could get a loan much easier in the United States than you do today for a house, but there's tons of regulation that stops it. Yeah, so. but, 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 but if you just say, just carry that forward, again, you have to get down to the root of the problem. Right. The root of the problem isn't regulation. The root of the problem isn't all this. Yes, you could manipulate markets for a short time in, in that, but sure. they will find a different way <laughs> to, right. there is no regulation, there is no edge case, thin thing, taxes or otherwise that can solve this problem right now. Right. Too so, it's too big a problem. Right, and I, I used to be a trader and there used to be this saying and probably still saying is don't, you don't want to stand in front of a moving train, right? And so in the markets, when the market's the moving train, like there's nothing you're gonna do to stop it. So to your point, this is a moving train and we don't want to stand in front of it. And people will, you know, they are trying to do that by currency printing and by increasing the debt loads. Or we just went in the States here from, what, 20 trillion to 30 trillion in, in debt. That's where we'll probably end up, right? Yeah, and, you'll, and you'll, by, you'll be way higher than that because, because mathematically, what I'm talking about, you have to be way higher than that. Right. Um, and, and, and so you will be this year or shortly after that, but then it'll go, mathematically, it'll go higher. Otherwise, the economy is going to collapse. But when the economy collapses and debt to GDP and now your GDP is less, all the debt goes offside. That's the problem. You cannot solve a debt problem with more debt. Right. And so that's, that's where I'm, uh, by the way, that's why I'm stuck right now. Cause I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, we had 22 trillion in GDP and now it just dropped, it's called 17 this year. Our GDP dropped by 25%, 20%. It's a COVID issue, but we had to print 10 trillion in debt to, to stabilize everything. So now we're at 17 to call it 30. So just for easy math, we're at two times debt to GDP. For all just, just government. Just uh, government. Add corporate, add personal, you'd see what, what, how crazy the numbers are. Right. So, so this is a problem. And this is where like Darius gets on the phone with his financial advisor who wants him to invest in the markets and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in all cash, dude. I went into okay. all cash. Tomorrow. Okay. So, so, so now take this all, all cash thing. So you, you want moving train. Governments are forced to destroy their currencies. Right. right. So if you're in all cash, how, how did it look like if you were all in the all cash in 2008 when they did the same thing? The value of your cash got destroyed. What can that cash buy today versus, versus before? Because the Fed is the moving train, right? But, and eventually you're going to have hyperinflation. Right. If you, if you have hyperinflation and you're in all cash, you're going to get destroyed. Right. No, no, I, I sense that. But what's the, what's the solution? Well, so, 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 so those two forces bigger than anybody else are, are right now battling and and 
and it's going to be messy on the way through. It's going to be super messy on the way through. So what I would say is, uh, in any one of the realize the bet isn't because of you. The bet is when people lose faith in currencies and they right. destroy it. So so now you don't want to be in one asset class or what? what how do, how do you create wealth? You concentrate, right, and get lucky. Right. What an, that's, that's what an entrepreneur does. It's not 50-50, but as an entrepreneur concentrates all their time into one thing, right? And if they win, they get wealthy. Right. What do they do after they win? They diversify. Right, right. How do you protect wealth? You diversify. So, so if you want to create wealth in this cycle, um, I don't want to advise what to, to do. Yeah, I'm just curious what your, what your mindset is on this. Anyone that's listening, if you, to create, you, if you want to create wealth, put, uh, put a whole bunch of money into Bitcoin, uh, potentially all of it, <laughs> um, um, and get lucky and right, right? So I, I think that some should be there, but but if you wanted to create wealth, go all in, right? If uh, if if you want to protect wealth, put five percent in, put put uh, put, uh, put something in, and and. And and then put some into real estate. Put it some into have some in cash in case in case the they slow down printing. And it, it, if they slow down printing, short everything in the market. The market's going to fall. The market is going to fall by eighty percent. If if they if if governments choose to not protect this, right, it's going to collapse everywhere. Right? I don't. See, yeah, I don't see that. Right, like like no no one's going to have the political will say like, oh man, we got to fix this long-term problem now, guys. Let's just like to destroy our economies and, and I'm going to be the politician to fix it. Like no one's going to do that. They're going to keep kicking the can. Yeah, so exactly. So what is inflation? All it is is a hidden tax, right? It, all it, it's a hidden tax, but it's a hidden tax on the people most unable to pay for it. But, um, but governments can't, pay, uh, can't support the services that the population demands. By, by taxing what they should tax. So they create inflation to make their dollars worth less. And so some people win by that construct, some mm -hmm. people lose, but government services become way more of the overall market, right? And then what it, uh, the irony of the whole thing is more and more people say we need more government spending. And we already know from communism and everything else, central plan societies don't work, right? Right. <laughs> so, and you just create that path. I'll, I'll give you another example. Um, we're on Zoom right now. So are many other companies. That probably means that about 50% of the bodies in commercial real estate don't need to be in commercial real estate. Right. right? You see it all over the cities. You can work from home. You can make just be as almost as productive, and that means if fifty percent of the bodies don't need to be there, that means commercial real estate must fall by fifty percent. Fair. Yeah, that's sure. About fair, right? Just right. As, yeah. Let's use some, something like that. Why hasn't it? Because of all the stimulation, right? And and all the stimulus, all that uh, all that free money propping up asset prices. And then there are a whole bunch of people that need to pay, entrepreneurs included, that need to pay for our un, asset prices that are artificially high because government created them artificially high in the first place. Right. Used your money, tax money, to be able to do that. And then you have a bunch of entrepreneurs 
that can't compete to be able to get into start anew because, because prices are too high. Use example on real estate, right? Because real estate can't fall in price because we can't let it fall in price. So we start to stimulate it. Rents mm -hmm. go up, real estate prices go up. And there's a whole bunch of people that can't afford that, that need bail. That, so you bailed out one side of the sector. And then there's a whole bunch of people that can't afford that real estate that you created a, a high in the first place. And you go and give them food stamps, money, everything else to be able to create. Where does that money come from? Right. So, so, and, and you talked about this in one another talk, we haven't gone there yet, which is this deflationary, like when you look at the incentives around in venture capital, right? If I go to get venture capital, I go, I got this business. We're going to add tons of employees and bodies and heads. They're like, I don't want to invest in that. <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, no thanks, Darius. I'm like, I got this business that requires minimal humans. The productivity per human capital is exponentially higher than it is today, which is basically a fancy way of saying less jobs. Deflation. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right? And they're like, and you, so to your point, you have venture capital doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down on deflationary behavior. And all of this wealth is being created. And every single company, like if you look at the Dow Jones and or the SP, what's 40% or I think it's 40% of the companies are losing money. The 60, and it's up. Why? Because the 60% that are, are up for the year are all these tech companies, right? L look at it even, even short. Look at the top, top, five, 10 tech companies, it is the entire waiting. Everything else is down. Right. Uh, and, and those are up so much, but that makes sense, right? Because what they're using is technology and network effects to move faster and faster. And as they hit, hit, uh, all of the other companies that are competing have to jump on, right? And so, so, so the concentration of wealth because of the policies designed to try to protect the system, they're actually, they're actually fueling the thing they don't want the work they, 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 they don't want they're creating it to happen faster if you let deflation happen let's i'm i'm going to bypass a whole bunch of it's going to be ugly either way right but it's going to be ugly either way but if you let deflation happen the broad benefits of technology would be distributed to everyone and prices would keep falling right economics is not about value it's about scarcity the air you're breathing right now is free. Why? Because it's abundant, right? You can't charge for abundant things. Right. Why, why is most of the information you, you see on online free? Why, why is like abundant technology creates abundance, abundance moves to free, right? In other words, prices fall, prices fall and they keep falling. And in, while they're still high, entrepreneurs will race in to try to capture more of the incentive of those falling prices. And while there's still a window, how many, um, how many calculator apps or phone apps or anything else are competed for by entrepreneurs trying to do that? And when they go to free, no more entrepreneurs in that. <laughs> and they go into the next thing. Right. That, that race to drive prices down, down lower and lower is actually a good thing for humanity. It, what it means is the technology could actually do way more of our work. And our most valuable thing, our time, right, would be more valuable. Instead, because of the system, way the system has been our, uh, um, set up, we try to work our entire lives, more and more hours, to try to save enough for the last 10 or 15 years of our life so we can do the things we want to do right. Right, and escape those prices rising all the time, right? To have enough 
to live the last part of our life when it doesn't need to look like that. If you, it's, it's crazy to think, right? Because it changes, it's upside down with the way we grew up. It's upside down with everything we've been taught in economics. It's upside down with everything, but it does not make it not true. It is true. <laughs> so, so this is obviously like there's probably people who are like, I don't want to listen to this. This is scaring the shit out of me. Right. Like, like, and so I think like, what is this? I guess there's two questions I have is number one is what is the solution? Because what I just heard was hyperinflation, which means asset prices are going to go up. People are going to chase that. And then at some point people are going to lose trust in their governments and their currencies and their debt. And there's going to be some, like at some point you can't keep printing your way. You can't print your way out of this. Right. So when, when's that going to happen? You, you can, you, you can eventually Zimbabwe, Venezuela, Turkey, like that's what, right. that's what, it, that's what it looks like. Right. 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 Billion dollar bills. Right. Yeah. That's, so. what, that's what it looks like. And people believe it can't happen here. Um, it will happen here. It'll happen everywhere. Um, it'll be a domino across different countries going through the same the same thing. Right, uh, so that's a Armageddon is what we're describing. So how do you, A, protect yourself, uh, yourself and your families from that? And then secondly, like, it, can you? And, and financially, how can people do that, protect themselves? I think you might have touched on that a little bit, but what, what are the solutions? So again, unfortunately, there's no, when I wrote the book, my hope was, governments wouldn't keep doing this, that you would have a reset, that you would take the pain. I, I say a lot uh, often, there is no light without dark, right? There is not, there is no growth without contraction, right? You have to have, that's how an economy works. People bid things up, it gets, it gets irrational, and then it has to clear, right? And, and if you time that right, on the clearing, you make a whole bunch of money and you and, and spring comes and you grow again, right? Preventing the clearing, which is, is happening, only makes the inevitable uh, uh, reset way worse. That's what, where we are right now. So that reset is coming one way or the other. How do you, pers uh, so, so then it becomes, how do you personally protect yourself? I, I said Bitcoin is one way. That's why gold is at an all time high as well because people are making bets on what can't, and that's actually why real estate's running away too, right? Because people are making bets on what can't be destroyed in their cash. Right, so, so, so yeah, and I, there's a, I can't remember the, the book, The Fourth Turning, right? Which is kind of talks a little bit about this. So I had a, a friend that, uh, someone that came and talked to, to a, a, a Birthing of Giants group that I'm in, Gathering Titans, and they were saying, yeah, hard assets. That's how you protect against some of this stuff. But I guess if it's deflationary, does that really make sense then? Well, so so deflationary is so so if you realize that central banks can control inflation if they want to, or right, or governments can, they can do helicopter money and they can create deflation out of thin, or inflation out of thin air, right? So it's again the cost to society is tough, right? And what ends up happening when you do that? Let's just look at historical uh, perspective. Let's look at the Weimar Republic, who chose that, right? The rise of Hitler was a direct consequence of that, right? Because what that does is it concentrates wealth in very few people's hands, the asset owners, um, and, and then politicians uh, get elected to say, they're the problem. Those asset owners, they took your money. Right. right? 
and that's how revolutions uh, uh, start. So who were the asset owners in the Weimar Republic? I'm going to assume the Jews. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so what does that look like? And they were the business owners and everything else. Were the, uh, uh, and so what it looks like is a different redistribution of wealth. Um, and people buy it every time. Right. And I bet you there's people listening to this, this uh, podcast right now that are on one side or the other, Democrat or, or Republican, and so entrenched in that point of view that they can't see the forest for the trees that it's neither side. <laughs> those, are, th th those are perfectly predictable uh, consequences of what we're talking about. People aren't deep enough to look at what's, at what's happening. Both won't work. Right. Yeah. The MMT socialism won't work. Neither will capitalism as it currently is designed because because capitalism as it's currently designed looks nothing like capitalism. It looks like cronyism. Um, we have a question that came from the audience. What are your thoughts behind the idea of more people joining the off the grid movement as a solution to help bring balance? So so the off the grid movement is actually a function of what we're talking about in technology, too. Right. You never used to be able to do it, right? You, or, or is it now, now with solar moving in price down and everything else, there's a whole bunch of uh, things and the technology under, um, under growing conditions and, and, and farming and everything else. The off-grid mo movement is becoming easier and easier to do because of where technology is, uh, is today. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening in Bitcoin too, right? So... So you have a whole bunch of people that realize that the current monetary system of the world is on its last legs and they're choosing a new system. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it, let's just, I don't look at it as good and bad people. I think that's too easy. And uh, I look at it as the, uh, this through a business lens. Why didn't Kodak create, uh, uh, they, they, they created the digital camera. Right. Why did they benefit from it? Why did, why did the parking lot it over and over? And it's because the existing frame of mind um, won't allow the innovation, right? Right. And, and, and so that innovation is found by entrepreneurs or a new market. It's very rarely the existing company that does what they need to do to see the new or look at Blockbuster versus Netflix, right? Blockbuster adds candy aisles to their stores, right? Think right. Of it that's going to protect them against digital download speeds increasing and increasing and that and and um and their entire business model is at risk in a nanosecond <laughs> and they right. can't and it's too late once uh, once download speeds go to a certain thing but they didn't see it and it's not bad executives it's not bad everything else it's just you're so caught in an existing system you're trying to protect the existing system at all costs so if i look at all sides Republican, Democrats, all the people that are in this existing system, and subsequently all of us, because we are too, right? That's what the existing system looks like. And, and, and Bitcoin is a, sep is a separate system that cannot, uh, that, that doesn't work. So that's actually why, one of the reasons why it's designed in a way on a network effect that over time, I, I have a high degree of confidence it's going to be either reserve a reserve currency that other currencies are forced to to adopt yeah i i, that, I had a friend that was talking about how you'll see a digital like they were talking about a digital currency come like that will be controlled by government 
Right. But let's go into that. Why do they want to control? I wrote about this in the book too. So there's an IMF working paper uh, that had a lot of traction that, that said, we have to have interest at the next crisis, interest rates need to go to minus 6%. You're, so imagine putting your money in the bank and getting minus 6% interest rate. Wow. Hard to fathom. But again, with what we're talking about, it has to go there. But the problem is without digital currencies, you're, um, you would take the money out of the bank, you put it under your mattress. Why right. interest rates can't go too far negative is because they become bank runs and everybody takes their currency back. And, and what is a currency? It's just a trust and exchange rate. It's a trust, right? You right. and I do trade, we need to trust that the underlying unit <laughs> is the same. So if every government is manipulating the underlying unit, what happens is we trust something else. Right. We're not, I suspect we're not, I, I understand why governments are racing to do digital currencies so they can control more people on the digital currency, but that, that won't, uh, that won't solve this. Yeah. So the thought process is it needs to be an unbiased third party currency essentially. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, what's for lunch? <laughs> you want to uh, go back into karaoke? <laughs> yeah. I felt way better when I was singing karaoke. Right now, um, man, this is scary stuff. So uh, obviously, there's no. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. But, but like any, 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 any. Well, so, so that's actually why I said. That, so the title of the book, "The Price of Tomorrow: Why Deflation Is the Key to an Abundant Future." Yeah. Have people look deeper. Read the book. It's not a bad thing, right? It's actually the best thing for humanity. The best thing for humanity because we could actually get way more of our time. If prices were uh, if prices came down for free uh, free everywhere or close to free everywhere, we wouldn't need the same amount of work to protect it. And those jobs are coming away anyways. The only thing that we're uh, is when I said we are all caught in that system. Our minds have been wired to this is the way it works, and that's really hard to accept what I'm saying. Right? But if you go through the book and if you go through and try to debate anything. Try to pull out where it's wrong, right? <laughs> I've gone to research lengths and to, uh, to make it readable, really easy to read, to say this is uh, uh, this is happening, and it's a good thing. It's a really good thing for humanity. It's a fantastic thing for humanity. Stopping that from happening is the worst thing for humanity. Interesting. What when? I mean, I have to assume academics are debating, like debating, are pushing back on you on this, or you know, is any? Are you getting any pushback? When, and if you are, like, what type of? That is super interesting. So you can you imagine how well this is followed? It's been been a bestseller and everything else. And yeah, you'll get the occasional um, mad tweet or or, or comment on uh, on Amazon and everything else. But for the people that are actually opening their mind to this, and um, what. Nobody has given, not one person has, has given a reason why this isn't true. Not one, right? The, um, I'm looking for it. I'm looking to have that debate. Um, the, uh, it, in fact, there's, uh, there's someone on, on Twitter that re recently said about a, some of these things are posted on my, on my feed um, thousands, 5,000 times and retweeted it around. One person that was after reading the book was originally kind of more hesitant, right? It would, it would come, he, he posted something recently that said, I've, I, I haven't seen one 
argument against Jeff, what Jeff is uh, hypothesizing here. Not one that holds any wa water in what Jeff is hypothesizing there, um, here. And so, so yeah, you're going to get if something as radical as what I'm talking about. You're going to get people throwing stones. But I, but if you actually go if you go down this rabbit hole, it'd be it's it's really hard to unsee. Yeah, my brain's in the rabbit hole right now. You're like right blowing my brain up. <laughs> <laughs> like in like, like, like I'm like I'm like oh, I gotta get your book. I gotta read. I gotta read this. Um, wow. So, uh, Jeff, what a, what a what a great talk. This has been so informative, and I'm so grateful to be able to spend time with you to learn about this and be to get this message out there. And it, I guess the hopes are that that right people and the, the right governments are listening to this and making the move but if it's systemic and it's crossing all these boundaries is it something that would need to happen across like, like yeah. everyone has it's global yeah. and, and, and so that's why it's unlikely that it'll happen at, the lo at that level what will happen is is there's a bunch of new just like a business gets destroyed because it can't see what's coming right right yeah it, it, it's more likely that the next leaders of governments um uh, take it more seriously. The younger people to, uh, look into this and, and, and start to ad advance this. It's very unlikely that the existing powers that be have any, there's just no, there's no incentive to do it. Right. Um, and it's, uh, um, and it's really hard politically to do. So it's, 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 un, it's, it's more, uh, it's more likely um, younger generation. Well, um, Thank you so much for the time today. Um, this is so informative. Uh, the book, uh, where, where can they find the book? Is it Amazon? Amazon's, Amazon's probably about best, yeah. Yeah, so the price of tomorrow, why deflation is the key to an abundant future. You guys can get on Amazon's best-selling author, Jeff Booth here sharing the book with us. What a treat. Um, really appreciate this so much and, and thank you for spending the time with us. No problem at all. It's been yeah. great. All right, guys, we'll see you guys later on today. We got a show this evening. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.